Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Cosmos, Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey, and Cosmos Possible Worlds. Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey Episode 4, titled Hiding in the Light. Uh, Yet another excellent, excellent episode about light and uh, how it works and how our understanding of it has evolved over the centuries, over the millennia, over the ages. Uh, And, man, they really pack in a lot of storytelling uh, into this episode, all of which is very, very well handled. Uh, They tell the story of this one Chinese philosopher who initially, like, first sort of invented the camera, camera obscura, I think it was called, like, the most rudimentary camera was called, uh, who invented that, who discovered how uh, that, like, light reflecting an image through, like, a tiny pinhole uh, deal works, Uh, and... He, you know, did a lot of scientific work, he did a lot of research, he did a lot of sort of establishing the basis of scientific method, and then a brutal emperor conquered all of China, and that way of thinking was gone, and basically they established a an idea of... You must do what law says or else. Basically, this rule of just, you must conform to our way of thinking. If you don't, you will die. Uh, They burned books. They buried scholars alive. It was, like, really, really beautiful. Uh, But for a a, a really brutal, why did I say beautiful? Jesus Christ! (laughs) Why did I say beautiful? My God. Uh, It was real, real brutal. Like, for a shining moment, they had, like, this scientific advancement, and they had this establishment of the principles of science, and then... Bleh! And then it just all went to crap. Uh, And then we go, I think it was about a thousand years later, to Iraq, uh, to another scientist, which, by the way, I can't remember the names of either the Chinese philosopher or the... Iraqi scientist, uh, 
because I'm a stupid white man who cannot remember <laughs> these things. It's not a slight on those scientists or those cultures. Uh, I'm just a dumbass. Like, that's that that's the honest truth, is that I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> and yet I'm talking about a science show, so... Shows how much you should put stock in anything I say on this program. Uh, but this Iraqi scientist who sort of rediscovered all of these elements, sort of rediscovered how light works, and rediscovered uh, how we see light, uh, rediscovered the camera obscura, uh, and all of this stuff, and also kind of unearthed those scientific method principles, sort of rewrote them down, uh, reestablished them. Uh, and this was in a time when free thought and free expression and science in the Iraqi world, uh, in the Islamic world, sorry, uh, in the Islamic world was, like, booming. Like, there was, like, a giant chunk of time where the Islamic world just revolutionized everything. The Islamic world was the leading purveyor of information, and this scientist sort of diving into all this light-based stuff is very much a high point of that, very much a giant pillar of that. Uh, and then we get back into Newton, and uh, how he sort of worked with light, and how he worked with prisms, and sort of studied all of that stuff. And then, <laughs> I love how they very cleverly show just how close Newton came to going a little bit further. And it almost certainly did not happen this way. <laughs> like, this is definitely one of those things that they absolutely dramatized of Isaac Newton holding up a mic magnifying glass to the spectrum. Uh, like, so close, almost getting there. And then some guy comes up and is like, Hey, dude, you're, you, dinner, you, you got food. <laughs> and then he just never did that again. <laughs> just never went back to that thought. Like, very, very clearly, that didn't actually happen. That didn't actually go down that way. That was dramatized. But it's like, it, it's a very clever way to show, like, oh, he got so close to a big discovery. To an even bigger discovery, rather, than he already had. But... Just didn't get over the finish line on that. And so we go directly into Herschel, who accidentally discovered infrared light. Uh, he did the experiment to see, like, what colors of the spectrum are hotter. Uh, and so he had, like, red light temperature, blue red light temperature... Uh, and then a control temperature, and the control thermometer ended up getting hotter, and he discovered infrared light through that. And that was great. That was a very cool thing, and they showed that off well. Uh, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson takes a bit of a detour. And actually, I'm talking about this out of order, because, like, the next story he tells, he half-tells, and then takes a break and does this other little thing, and then tells it some more. For the sake of discussion, we're just going to pretend this happened first. We're going to pretend this little bit happened first. Uh, he then goes into talking about sound waves. And talks about, like, pipe organs and all that stuff. And, like, why uh, pipe organ the pipes on an organ have different sizes and all that. And how sound waves look 
if you were to visualize them. Uh, and in the moment, this does seem like a hard left turn. But in all actuality, this is Neil deGrasse Tyson sort of easing us into the idea of wavelengths. This is him teaching us about wavelengths and how uh, different size waves have different properties and move in different ways. And he creates this very seamless bridge from sound waves to the much, 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 much closer together light waves. And so... Now, we're back into the light scenario. We're back into here are the different properties that light waves have. The further apart light waves are, uh, determine what color you have. And then we talk about the story of Fraunhofer. This is the story they spend the most time on, by far, and for very, very good reason. It is an incredibly, incredibly compelling story. Uh, they start with him as a child... Uh, orphaned and exploited and forced to work in, like, a glass factory and being exposed to all these toxic fumes and then being in a building as it got collapsed and then by chance, like, a future king took interest in him and sort of gave him a job and then he started doing all this research and it goes right up until his final days. His final days just... Uh, on his literal deathbed, having an early uh, an early death from the fumes he was exposed to in the glass factory days. Uh, but we tell his story and tell it very compelling, uh, in a very compelling way, and we show this huge discovery that he made. That, and this was so so clever of them to just. Put this astrophysics connection in there. Because Neil deGrasse Tyson's an astrophysicist. And so they utilize that. They have Neil deGrasse Tyson going. This is a huge moment for me. It would change the course of my life. This is the birth of my field of study. Like this is profoundly important to me. They sort of have that compelling connection in there. Similarly to what they did at the end of the first episode. Where they sort of related Tyson to Carl Sagan. But he makes it very, very... It makes it even more compelling than it would have been otherwise. Which is still pretty high on the compelling scale. Because they do a great job of showing just how grand this discovery is. Uh, but he basically discovered this, like, spectrographic code of, like, black lines. Like, you get... You get... White light. Prism. Look at it through... Oh, magnifier or telescope or whatever. And you see this code of black lines. And through that, took about a hundred years to decode this. But through that, you can sort of figure out, okay, this is what this, 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 and this is made out of. Because I can see those lines. I can see the, that spectrographic code. And this has been applied all throughout science. Like, it's been used to determine uh, the atmospheres of planets. It's been used to determine the makeup of faraway galaxies. Uh, we've been able to decipher a lot about the cosmos through this one 
discovery that Fraunhofer made. And then Neil deGrasse Tyson just goes into the raw science of it. Uh, We do a whole deal on how atoms work, which mostly, by the way, if it feels like I'm paying way more attention to the storytelling side of this version of Cosmos than I am the science side, it's because giant chunks of the science side are exactly what Sagan already talked about in the original Cosmos, and we already talked about that stuff at length. Uh, So I am sort of breezing over the purely science bits more for space-time odyssey. Uh, Aside from the moments where we get updated stuff, like, obviously you have the quantum realm stuff and how uh, electrons orbit an atom and just have those, like, little breaks and stuff and just, like, go to higher and lower orbits and whatever. And I believe all of that wasn't in the 80s version, in the Carl Sagan version. Uh, But yeah, this... Uh, again, similar to how Blue Planet 2 is Blue Planet, but better, this is Cosmos, but better. Uh, it talk, touches upon a lot of the same things, but overall has, like, a much more comprehensive uh, feel to it. But I am focusing more on the storytelling elements of it, uh, because, like, so much of this is a bit of, like, retreading sometimes. There are large segments of this that do feel like, when we literally just saw the Sagan version... Okay, we don't have to talk about this too much. We already talked about it with Sagan. So that's why I'm skipping past some big scientific elements of it. Uh, But we go through how atoms work and how those translate to spectrograph and all that. And then we end this episode on a really, really cool place. And this is what Cosmos is so good at in all its iterations. of just like, here's where we are now, but where could... Could we go? Like, we bring up dark matter, which we don't know all that much about. We literally only know it because of its gravity. And we know that's just like, it's something that has no light at all. Like, it cannot be seen, but we but we know it because of its gravity. We need to look at that some more. And then we also go to the entire spectrum of light beyond what we can see. Uh, X-rays, ultraviolet, infrared, gamma rays, microwaves, and all of that. Like, all of this stuff beyond the visible spectrum and how each one has sort of advanced our understanding of the universe. And it's just like, there's this nice moment of just like, yeah, we are just now beginning to kind of see all this different stuff that we couldn't see before, see all this different stuff that we didn't know was there before. And so it's this nice little ending to say, look how far we've come, look how far we could go. This nice little looking forward note to end off of. Uh, But yeah, this is a great episode all around. It's really... Really fantastic. Uh, if you like this, favor the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if it's not quite too. Yeah. Uh, mm. 
Feel free to call in as well. It's just as simple as the push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to uh, the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Cosmos of Space-Time Odyssey Episode 5. Talk to you then.